When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand. Defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. National News. U.S. Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois has finally weighed in on the too-close-to-call race for mayor in Chicago, and he endorsed Paul Vallis. I wonder, guys, we're sitting here with Tom Serpin and Jeff Carlin, I wonder if if uh, Durbin asked Vallis, hey, Paul, are you an Orthodox Christian? <laughs> Jeez, yeah, right? I mean, I remember when he was doing that for... Supreme Court candidates, is that what the, the... Yeah, he was asking Amy Coney Barrett if she was an Orthodox Christian. Right, and it, clearly that was just politics, right? I mean... Well, well what's going to happen now, Tom Serafin and Jeff? Well, you know, the, the question I have is, what is an Orthodox Christian? <laughs> I don't know that. I haven't heard that phrase or that, those two words together that often. Oh, yes. Uh, Dick Durbin made, it, made a big thing of it when he... Yes. Yeah, but I don't, but in the, in the, in the, you don't walk down the street. People don't stop you in the corner and say, Hey, uh, uh, are you an Orthodox Christian? I'm stopped off often. People ask me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, how does this, how does this national endorsement, you know, uh, bingo play, you think, Tom? I mean, we've got the AOC and the squad lining up. Unsurprisingly, behind Brandon Johnson, and then this coming out, uh, you know, over the weekend with Dick Durbin. What do you make of that? Is is Chicago really uh, a focal point in national politics all of a sudden, or is this just friends friends fulfilling favors? No, you you've got a national media uh, presence here in the city. They've been coming and going for the last six weeks, uh, but they're in, in in this in this race in this last week, these last seven, eight, ten days. They're everywhere, and they're all looking to nationalize the story or to write from their perspective how this race will impact nationally other cities and, and states in the union. So they're all trying to find a combination here where it works. I think if you're from Chicago and you've been through the last three or four years and, and you've shoulder to shoulder with people on the CTA and on the streets downtown and in schools and in the bars and the restaurants, um, you really don't give a darn, you know, what these people are thinking from other parts of the world. Uh, you just need, you know, you want to go to work, you want to go to school, you want to go home in safety. And so you're focused on, you know, who can do that for you right now. And, and that's the race. And I think you mentioned, when you mentioned Dick Durbin, yeah. I think Dick Durbin was good, not in the sense that he's going to draw thousands of voters to you, but he's good in the sense that he drives a stake through that accusation that Brandon Johnson continues to make that Paul Vallis is not a Democrat. 
So that's important because, you know, too much of that was, you know, kind of sitting out there. People were starting to think, is he a Republican? And nobody in Chicago is going to vote for a Republican mayor. Right. So, you know, and Ronnie uh, McCullough, who's the pollster, you know, that's one yeah. of his findings in the poll yeah. of last week. He found yeah. that very point. Right. Too many people were thinking that Paul Vallis wasn't a Democrat. So Durbin helped him that way. Uh, of course, all this, you know, he's got 20 members, 22 members of the city council, all Democrats. I mean, um, you know, so, you know, I don't know uh, 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 what's going to happen in the last week, but I think there's momentum on both sides of the uh, uh, of the ball here. I think both candidacies have something going, but I think, uh, you know, ironically, Paul Vallis is more of the homegrown uh, mm-hmm. attitude going than the other guy, you know, which is surprising because I would have guessed, guessed the other way. That's unfortunate for me because I'm always seeing the glass half empty. I'm always seeing disaster ahead. And I'm for Paul Vallis, but I've always been for Paul. Um, And, you know, whether you like Paul or you want Brandon Johnson and Tony Preckwinkle to run city government, it's it's up to you because you're going to have the vote on on, uh, on election day. We are sitting here with Tom Serafin, of Seraphin and Associates, an excellent political anal- analyst who works often and does his plies his trade on my Fox Chicago, and Jeff Carlin, WGN executive producer, our friend, future teacher of America, and all around good man. And uh, so, guys, and I'm John Cass. Sorry, I, I didn't. Almost introduced myself. John Cass, editor-in-chief of John Cass News, your favorite website for good old-fashioned Midwestern common sense. As we panic, or at least as I panic, and these guys don't panic and just analyze, I'm seeing a scenario where Paul Vallis has difficulty closing the momentum gap that he's seeded to the uh, left wing, who and he's, you know, I, I hope I'm 100% wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't know, John. I mean, there, there's certainly uh, momentum has shifted. If you've been watching the polls coming after, coming out after the uh, general, right. first general election, it does seem like Brandon Johnson has come on strong in the polling world, but. I don't know. I, I you I've been following these some of these forums and the debates that have been going on, and it, you know, Paul has had answers it seems, and Johnson has had a- accusations about Paul. That's kind of been my read on it, and I don't know that that's going to really resonate with people who maybe aren't being polled. You know, people who people who don't care to, to be when someone calls them and says, "Hey, would you be part of a poll or be, you know part of this <laughs> you know survey or survey?" Right. I don't know that those people. You know, are going to be engaged in that part, and and especially since a lot of those people are probably in the in the part of the economic engine that drives Chicago, and I think those people have to be looking at themselves, saying that you know, the, the eight hundred million dollars in taxes. I mean, that's whose whose pockets that's going to come out of. It's ultimately going to be businesses, and then the people who you know are patrons of those businesses. I I don't think. I don't think we've seen the end of, of, of Paul Vallis here, John. I don't. I, I think Paul makes sense at the end of the day uh, when people look at their pocketbooks. But 
I, I don't know. I mean, the, the the knock on him has been the that you know he's too maybe too much of a conservative in a sense. And like you said, Tom, the the Durbin thing does dispel some of that, but does it is it enough? I don't know. Well, you know, I I think he's he's going to do. You know, he, he, they're loaded with events. Both campaigns are loaded with events this week mm-hmm. and, and later. I think it's Thursday. Uh, the Senator Bernie Sanders comes in for a big rally for uh, Brendan Johnson. But these are people coming from the outside, inside into the family. And you know, most polls that I've seen and surveys suggest. They're anywhere from eight to seventeen percent undecided. Mm-hmm. So you know you, you cut that down. You know cut that down to twelve. Uh, so and most of the undecideds are you know that I've seen are clearly undecided. Um, so that's a surprise at this point because people are getting to know both of these candidates and know them pretty well. So they may not vote. I, I think some of the undecideds there may be a good group of them that you know may not may not vote. And so right now, you know, from early voting, uh, you know, there's 62, 63,000 votes as of, you know, last night. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, what early voting, you know, uh, the mail-in ballots, that's, uh, higher. I think it's about 20% higher than it was, you know, for the primary, but you would expect that more people doing mm-hmm. that. And, uh, it's lower than it was, uh, four years ago, but it's about where it was eight years ago. So, uh, you know, there people are interested in, but the numbers are not great in certain neighborhoods for certain of the candidacy. So we got to wait and see. You know, I think I think both sides now are. I, I would give Brandon Johnson the, the big edge as far as voter sophistication is concerned, voter context of sophistication. They know how to get their votes out. They know how to take advantage of the early voting. They know what they're up to, and uh, you know, you have to be pretty darn good to keep up with them. You know, I, th- I think the Vals uh, campaign is catching up. Uh, they they weren't strong early on, but they're, they're getting stronger. They need another week. And you know what? They have another week. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, you know, it's going to, it's, it's a dead heat, you know, it's about who gets their votes out. But guys, guys, I wanted this campaign to be a, uh, a clarion call for School choice for, you know, police, you know, proactive police to tell people, save your city, save your city. There's nothing that's saving it but you. And uh, I see Paul Vallis entice Brandon Johnson into what I thought was a major mistake during the WFLD, uh, my Fox Chicago debate. The brand, the Brandon Johnson was led into a question where he was left to praise Kim Fox. Kim Fox, the uh, I've just done a help do a documentary on her on Fox Nation, and uh, it's called Anatomy of a Hoax, the Jesse Smollett thing. Great, and she and he go and he goes in this. Uh, commentary to praise Kim Fox, how wonderful, what a wonderful leader she is. And instead of turning around and clubbing him, clubbing him, Brandon Johnson, to the political ground with that, given all the hundreds of people who are released on on violent charges to go out and commit more violent crimes against the innocents, he didn't do it. Ballas did not do that. 
And that kind of, uh, I have to say, I, I am an advocate now, but I also still am a journalist, and I, I wanted Paul to kick some ass there, and it didn't happen. Was that a smart, a, a wise strategy not to engage them? Well, I think when you're on the stage like that and you're presented an opportunity, you know, there's something clicks inside uh, either your, you know, your memory bank or clicks inside instinctively. And Paul is not one of those people that, you know, uh, Paul Vallis doesn't seem to me, but one of those candidates that thinks, you know, with an uppercut, you know, immediately he's more of a, a kind of, and that's why he's so good at what he does. Uh, outside of campaign work, he's, he's a policy guy. He will sit down and say, well, what do you mean by that? And how do you, he's one of these people who will engage and right. try to find a solution, then move on. And this is, this is a campaign environment with a terminal timeline. Uh, you don't have all the time in the world right now. And, uh, you, you, your moments come far and in between. And when they do come, it's the person that seizes the moment and they have an instinct about it. They seize that moment and that can change things for you. You know, uh, remember Reagan when he said, that's my, 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 yeah. I pay for it. There's certain <laughs> moments right. in a campaign where, you know, uh, where you, there are things you just, you know, triggers everything that moves on and it changes it. So, so you're not dealing with that kind of candidacy. You're dealing with the kind of person uh, that will solve a lot of problems on the policy government side, but he can't run a campaign like that. Right. Uh, that's what mm-hmm. you're saying. He disappointed you because of that, but I, I don't see him ever campaigning in that style. It's just that you, yeah. you, you get set in your ways and instinctively you don't, you, you don't think about kicking the guy in the balls, you know, <laughs> you know, when you're trying to encourage him to do something that make it his idea. Right. It's too bad because I do I agree. But this, the, ele- the election for mayor in Chicago is, mm-hmm. I call it the main event for a reason. Right. It is a street fight. And uh, mm-hmm. I've seen all these guys from Harold Washington, street fighters, Harold Washington, the crafty Tim Evans, Jane Byrne, um, Eddie Verdoliak, Ed Burke, all these guys. You get, get, you get knocked to the ground. You know what you do? You get up and you kick them right in the special purpose. <laughs> you know, to, you don't, you don't back down. You don't like, oh, I'm, I'll just do half a kick. No, no, no. You give a hundred percent kick. Right through the uprights. I mean, it's, it comes down to selling, right? And and Paul is, is sells on thoughts and ideas and solutions. Whereas it sounds like you know Brandon's been doing working on the emotional body more than anything. You know, he pushes this the narrative and and tries to convince people that Paul's the boogeyman. And then people think, well, if I support Paul, even if I like what he's saying, people are going to think I'm a bad person because Paul may be a bad person. And that's not that saying he is, but that's that's what they've pushed, and it's it's sunk into people. Are you waiting? Are you waiting for uh, Brendan to call him a white devil, or is that? I, like- I, well, I mean, it's is. Are we? T- if we want to talk, you know, everybody talks about conservative dog whistles. I mean, it's the same right. thing with, you know, with liberal. It's the sure. same idea right. that you know he's the MAGA or he's too conservative or he's you know he's anti LGBT, and none of those things are accurate. And but right. they've pushed it in the narrative so hard. Right. And like you were saying, Tom, they've used the you know the social media and these secondary medias to really blanket bomb him. That's why you got to fight back, right? And you're right, Chad. I mean, I feel like he is 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 failing to do that part of it to do the to sell the emotional part of it. But I will give him credit. I mean, there there was the the WGN 
debate, which I thought was one of the best debates I've seen in a long time in a political realm because they were, you know, they kept them on time. It was very organized. It moved. There was a lot of pointed follow-up questions. Um, I, I would commend Taman Bradley and Lourdes Duarte and their team because I, I was very impressed with that. You don't see a lot of that these days. Um, they were ready for it. Jeff with the home colors. Tom, <laughs> well, it's true, yeah. I know, but still, Tom, do you think that uh, Bellis isn't a threat to leave some of his campaign on the game on the floor, or is he is he going is he going to carry this through? No, I I think he's going to carry it through. You know, uh, when Christ you know assembled, we're in Lent now. You know, the fourth, fourth Sunday coming yes. up. I think we in in you know when I think of the disciples, you know, yeah, you, you know Matthew who was you know the tax collector. He had he had John, you know, who was you know his his brother and his mother's son. You know, after he passed, took care yeah. of his mom. And he had Peter who who was quick with the sword. I mean, he had Judas. He had a. Uh, 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 what he, they would sa- have said in those days, a motley crew that he, he assembled into a team to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, they went out and they did just that. Where's, where's Joe Where's Joe Trippi? Is he in a robe with sandals? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, no, this is all about groundwork. This is all about the, the old timers, the new timers, the people that are looking. For, this is an interesting collection of people. I've been around the city for a while since the mid-70s, early 70s, and uh, watching campaigns and things this is an interesting group you you know you have paul vallis's guys out there on the street you know with their you know the, the walk sheets you know plus and minuses and right. yellow tablets and taking notes and then across the street you uh, metaphorically you you've got you know brendan johnson's people that are dressed like I, ivy league kids and they have their uh, uh ipads and they're skipping every other house, every other door sometimes because they already know those people have already voted or they don't vote or they're out, you know, somewhere in another part of the world. But they've all got this thing so well mathematically laid out uh, through their uh, computer analysis. I mean, that's the difference between the municipal unions get out the vote campaign and other campaigns. They really have a very sophisticated machine. But you have the vault, the old time Valis guys are still doing it with walk sheets. And then you've yeah. got a lot of, you've got a lot of young people, uh, that are working for Paul Valis, which has surprised me. And then you've got the people that, just love Paul Vallis because they've been around him for a long time and, you know, the volunteering their time and their office spaces whenever they can. But it's a collection. It's an eclectic collection of people. It's not all just the 19th Ward. It's not all the Lakeshore liberals. It's uh, not all the people over on the West Side and the Austin. I mean, it's, it's, it's a collection of a little bit of everybody working together. And to me, win, lose, or draw this campaign, whoever wins, whoever loses, it's healthy for the city to see all these different folks, all the different colors, and all the different nationalities and, and geographies kind of pulling together. Age groups, too, which is really funny uh, to see uh, the old timers with the new young, young kids. So I've been kind of impressed with, with, with what they've been able to do. And to answer your question, you know, uh, yes, I think he runs through the finish line. I can't tell you, uh, you know, what the numbers are going to be on election night, but I can't tell you. He's running through the finish line. And the one thing that Brandon has done, Brandon Johnson's group, you know, they've done a nice job kind of setting a good pace. And uh, the other campaign, you know, has recognized that pace, not quick enough, as as some people would say, but they've recognized it, you know, with enough time to make a difference if they make the right decisions. And I, and I think it's going down to the wire and uh, turnout's going to be key. Very, 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 very key. 
Well, and then what happens after? Because if they're talking about they're talking about uh, crime is the main issue. Yeah, but but I don't see the media any interested any way whatsoever at the at the players who are involved in in dealing with the crime issue. They're not interested in Tony Preckwinkle or Kim Fox, state's attorney or the champion of the state's attorney. They're not interested in any of that. So how am I supposed to have confidence that even if the the campaign runs its course, that there will be an effort by, you know, the victorious campaign and the media and the civic leaders and everyone else to focus in on the absolute lack of law enforcement in Cook County. It's a requirement. Uh, It's a requirement, I say that twice, of the campaign of Paul Vallis and or Brendan Johnson, but it's a, it's a requirement for that campaign to make them part of the process, uh, um, make, make them part of the discussion, make them uh, a focal point on solutions or problems. Uh, they need to be bringing those issues, those individuals. And I, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about Tim Evans and, and uh, Kim Fox yeah. from the from the judges and the state's attorney's office, and Mr. Uh, you know, the president of the Cook County Board and Preckwinkle, and she is in charge of the budgets of all those offices of, uh, of the judges, fighters. Yeah, yes. right. So, uh, including Tom Dart's operation, the sheriff's office. So, you know, they all should be part of the discussion, but they are not because the candidacies are not bringing them up. The 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 media. Is, is strictly a mirror, and they're, and they're really in this one. I really it's been interesting. I think the the criticism of, of Brendan Johnson for saying he did and did not, and maybe he did. But I could have done it, but I really didn't say it like that. The defunding the police, his comments about defunding the police, oh, right. you know, it, it, that, that lag that, that 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 went on for so long. And I thought to myself, you know, the Tribune called it misleading in one of their uh, you know stories, news stories. And I was thinking to myself, well. He, I heard it. He actually said it, and he says he didn't say it. You know, somebody just calls him out on it and then move forward. But that thing just went on forever. The people were suggesting he didn't say it. He could have said it, but it was all, it was all there in black and white. So they're not going to make those judgments. They're not going to do it in an absolute way, uh, when I say they, the media, uh, for an assortment of reasons, which, you know, could be another six, seven podcasts. But <laughs> the fact is the candidacies need to call them out. Uh, those organizations out and put those things in front of people, whether the media does it or they do it with their own publications and their own media. Uh, but you cannot rely on the the working media, the working press, or the mainstream media. I don't whatever you re- refer to journalists today, they're never they're not going to do it anymore the way it used to be done. So you have to do it. You have to be the catalyst and you need to employ all the resources you have. If you think there's something wrong, you need to show everybody, put light on it. And, and uh, you can't expect anybody else to do that for you, though. But if you put light on it, if you say, what did we have last week, uh, Jeff? It was a great podcast. Oh, there. Bob Milan? Yeah, Bob Milan, for, former yeah. first deputy state's attorney. Mm-hmm. And he said, no matter who wins, Whoever whoever wins has to call all the stakeholders on the carpet, call them to attention, put the spotlight on them. And yes, I don't. He's, he's I don't, right. I don't. I don't see. 
I don't see any of that being done. I don't see Ballast doing it. I don't see the media doing it. I know you say, you say they won't do it because the, it's, this is not the media of old and all that. But you know what? It's the, 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 the election. The main issue in the election is crime. And the people who are charged with bringing us news and analysis about this complicated subject have to be called to account. And if they're not, either by the candidate or by the people, uh, well, then they don't, then they, they produce propaganda and baby talk, which is what they're doing now because I see uh, stories about, you know, was Paul Vallis, uh, uh had, had little imaginary friends when he was a kid. I saw this in the newspaper, uh, Paul Vallis, uh. imaginary friends. Are you kidding me? Who didn't have imaginary friends when you were uh, six sure. years old? You know, I did. <laughs> right. And and creating uh, imaginary friends uh, storylines is just embarrassing. It's embarrassing to the media that is that I used to belong to. I don't know. I there's there's it has been weird. I mean, I, I feel like we we've. They've been picking shots at each other, and obviously, and there's a naivete to what I'm saying, but that they were very much painting each the media has been painting each each character or each candidate rather in these these tropes and these ideas about you know who's going to like them or who is like them that we know or comparing them to other people. And I'm, I know that's common, but it doesn't feel like there's been in the same or the needed level of scrutiny, like you're saying, Jen, that, that there is this there is seriousness. Yeah. Right. It just, Lack it, of it doesn't feel like that to me. And, you know, maybe it's just, you know, maybe I've had my head in my sand, head in the sand, no. but I, I wonder where, where do we go from here? Because it's, you know, you know, the knock on the daily days is that everything was controlled by the dailies and their ilk. Right. So everything was, was fixed. Everything, you know, all lines pointed back to them. Well, now, as you've pointed out, John, and multiple times, all lines point back to Tony Preckwinkle. So are we are we just moving into a different era? Of- where's the Tony Pre- Tom Serafin and Jeff Carlin question? Simple. Where are the, where's the Tony Preckwinkle, Kim Fox, two-page takeout on this in the Sunday newspapers right before the election when we're talking crime or Vallis or whatever, Brendan Johnson? Where are the... Where's the big takeout that lights this thing up? Yeah. Where is it? I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. That's what I feel is missing. And it's this weird, know, this weird split down. You know, do we want somebody who is part of the old way or someone who's part of the quote unquote new way? And is, is that, does that even make sense? I don't know. It doesn't, I don't feel like we've talked about as candidates. They've talked about or been held to the count. I mean, you try to hold Johnson to something, and and it, it becomes a spin. It becomes a twist, and and and, and it's emotional, and it, and that seems to be working. But you, you throw something at Paul, and it's numbers and solutions and ideas that then I don't, do people just glaze over to that and they don't care? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like. That's what we're going to find out is is really where you, as you said, John, it's the, it's the main event. What is the future of this city? Is it going to be, uh, you know, hope, thoughts and hopes and dreams, or is it going to be solutions and answers? And I, I haven't heard anything from from Johnson that sounds like an answer to the problems that are are really affecting the city, other than that he wants more kids to be involved in in politics. And you know, is that a good idea? 
maybe is that uh, is that a solution to what's ailing the city? I don't think so. Dick Daly, Dick Daly, and Jane Byrne used to uh, buy votes that way too. It was called summer jobs program. I'm sorry to be so old, but that's what happened. It happened, and now they're repeating it. Now, Tom, where are you on this? Do you think that uh, there should be takeouts on on Kim Fox and and Tony Preckwinkle in the media? What do you mean takeouts? Takeouts. Like, uh, if we're going to get to the crime issue, uh, these are the people who are involved, who are intimately involved and central to any kind of brokering of crime. Yes, and, and I do think there are uh, reporters in, in the city of Chicago that would enjoy something like that. But a candidate, uh, one of the candidacies would have to kind of lay that out for people. And, you know, they would have to fight for that space and fight for that attention. But, you know, that program that uh, your guest on your last week's podcast talked about, uh, as soon as you get elected, you call a summit of all the leaders of crime, all the, you know, all, you know, all the, all, all he has, the, the mayor of Chicago, or the, the, you know, whether it's, you know, Lori Lightfoot will be still be mayor after the election for a few days. So, uh, all he has is the ability uh, to call his police department to the table when it comes to crime fighters. Tony Preckwinkle, the Cook County board chairman, she's got the sheriff, she's got the courts, and she's got the state's attorney. So you have to call everybody together, and, and you Governor put it on Pritzker. and Governor Pritzker, and you and you put it on C-SPAN. Uh, it's because it's a lesson for the country uh, to try to get, and you can get that with some uh, with Terry down at Springfield. You can work that out. You get C-SPAN. So you put right. the, and you start talking about what the problem is and how you can solve it together. You work on it together, and then you you're going to have a working group, the people that are going to be in the know, and then the other people that want to be in the know. And so those groups are split out. And over, you know, a period of a couple of weeks, you come back. You, it doesn't take rocket science. There's enough studies out there. We all know what we need to do in the first 100 days. My goodness, we know what we need to do in the first year, but they're going to have to break it out in 100 days in increments to, you know, to be measured on it. People won't freak out about it, but there's ways to turn this, 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 this thing around. And it's, it, it, everybody knows what they are. Before the summer heat hits us. Because as soon as those first sun, warm days of summer, I just fear, I fear all the I know I know for a fact that every emergency room doctor, physician, and nurse is freaking out and they don't want to see what's happening. Because as soon as that temperature starts to climb, their families freak out too, because they know what they're going to be dealing with: the murder of children on mass scale. And and we have to. There's got to be something more urgent to worry about these children. Yes, they're minority children. They're black. Okay, they're not like uh, kids from Evanston, and they don't go to New Trier. But they're kids from the South Side, from the West Side, and somehow we have to get we have to get the Democrats, and I mean Madam Democrat Tony Preckwinkle, her people, you know. To take advantage to take to take advantage of the situation and try to attack it. At least I'm begging her to. <laughs> no, she knows it. People know it. You know, uh, the, the other election uh, in a couple of years is not that far away from us, yeah. and you know there will be people you know locally in Cook County that will be running for re-election. 
so everybody understands the need to, to get to this right now. This whole election was based on the one issue of crime in the city of Chicago. So it resonates. It's just like a rock. Once you fall, drop it into a, a body of water, uh, it causes a lot of rippling effects. The day after this election, there will be rippling effects going everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now you you have to you have to ride those ripples and push them on shore and make sure they get done. They they start seeding to that ground. So uh, you know you got to get going as soon as you you get out of the election cycle. You have a lot of political capital, and you can build that political capital by making some very simple moves. So they've done a lot re- a lot of research. Both camps they know what they need to do. They just have to hit the ground running. Otherwise, you lose a lot of time. Then you lose that political capital. And at the same time, you lose momentum. And then as John talks about, the summer hits. And then you got NASCAR here and you got everything else going on around town. Well, you're going to have a lot of other issues to deal with. You got to deal with this right now. You put everything in into formation right now. You know, Brandon Johnson, you know, to me, he's been amazing. He's a terrific candidate. I mean, if I was the guy running a campaign, I'd love to have a guy like him that can, can take yeah. everything any, any reporter throws at them and right. not answer the question. And the yeah. reporter is still, and the reporter is still smiling. Because he doesn't care. <laughs> no, because but I he mean, doesn't care. He's a, but I've watched this guy do this, and he's 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 terrific at it. Uh, he's got a bright future, you know. If uh, if he doesn't win a, a mayor, uh, but you know what? He, you know, he, if he, he if he could come a little bit closer to the middle, uh, he picks up so many more votes. Uh, I think he's charismatic. I I just think you know it, 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 the candidacy is, is has been hollow. When it, when it comes to specificity compared to right. his opponent, doesn't mean his opponent has been the greatest at specificity. Right. The opponent, you know, Paul has a lot of history, a lot of street history. You know, it's easy to find out where he's been, what he's done. Uh, this other young man, uh, you know, he's done very well for himself with, with the unions, but, but he needs to be better with what he's going to do with the city. He hasn't been able to do that, but he's been able, he, he's, he's been able to get away with not having to do that either, which is surprising, you know, in a city like Chicago. Let's go, let's go take him to Gene and Giorgetti's, me and you. <laughs> and we'll, we'll lay out a campaign for him to, to take on Tony Preckwinkle because it's time. You know, she's 75. She's tired. Time to take her out. Brandon, I'm all for you. You know, the governor talks about, you know, maybe ending up in the White House. Senator Dick Durbin, you know, I don't I don't think we'll want to run for reelection. Uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, opportunities hey. for, for a guy like Brandon Johnson. Uh, I mean, he's that, the, 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 you know, regardless who wins the, the mayor's race, I think if Paul Vallis loses the mayor's race, Paul will continue to be a, a policy guy and help a lot of people that want to be helped all the time. Like he's always been, he's never going to change. He's, he just digs in and helps out people. And he is, I think he's 69 or 70 years old. So right. he's going to do that where he's comfortable doing it as he as moves on with his life. Brandon, you know, if he's the one who loses the election, I mean, he's, he, he's in command of a union. Uh, they put four or five million behind making him a credible individual. They're not going to let that investment just evaporate they're going to employ him on the battlefronts of certain issues whether it's a strike or whether it's an issue in springfield they're going to employ de- deploy his talents that way oh yeah so he'll be up they, front they, yeah. they, and, and you know what he's he's very good on the stump so 
you know, he's he's good at, at, at making you buy something that he, that nobody knows anything about. That's interesting. I mean, so who here? Let's let's push the the, the Chicago election out to the side for a second and, and look at the idea. You know, Pritzker didn't get an endorsement for Bernie Sanders, right? And I don't remember seeing that. Maybe I missed I missed that. But it, it does is is Johnson going to leapfrog Pritzker as the next front runner or the leading leading man for the Democratic Party in in, in the country? I mean, is is, is, is the yeah, white? I, oh no, I think I think in the city though, you know, he's he, he's you know when everybody that. You know, is in my business or in the media business, as the expectations is a woman of color. You know, Brandon uh, right. comes in with that beautiful smile of his, uh, mm-hmm. that beautiful, great-looking family, uh, and he's he's made enough wealth underneath them. He's got a you know pension that's you know as one of oh the papers gosh, talk, yeah. talked about the other day. He said, you know, he he, he you know his he, you know his ship came in early, which is great. Uh, so he got opportunities, and he's got options. A lot, a lot, a lot of options. Uh, this campaign, they they spent five million easy, you know, making him into what he is or in, in enlarging his influence. Uh, certainly, that's not an investment that I would uh, uh, not pay attention to. I think he, he he's he's right where he wants to be at his age. Is perfectly positioned. You know, the world's his oyster. I I don't I don't know where we go from here, and but I, but I do want to ask you both. I mean, it just on the mayor at hand, you know, Lori Lightfoot is is obviously winding up her term here, and there's been a lot of rumblings about her not wanting to do press conferences and not wanting to talk to people and not holding availability. Yeah, but 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 what what is that? Lori. Yeah, but what does that say? I mean, why? Why is she? Does she just feel like she's just been beat up too much, or does she feel like she doesn't owe it to anybody to talk about what happened or why? I mean, it's it's it strikes me as as just such a snub to people to say, yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't have to talk to anybody anymore. I lost. You know, well, you're still being employed. You're still working. It, that is is that unusual? I'm asking you guys because you guys have been in the game a lot longer than me. She's no, I, she's no Mike Belandic. When Michael Belandic was ripped mercilessly by media that was backing either Jane Byrne or Rich Daly. Or Jay McMullen. Yeah, Jay McMullen, the, <laughs> the weasel. Um, I know what, what happened. So does Tom. And I know what Ing- who Inga was, and I know the, the Swedish Inga and the, and the big uh, ashtray. That cracked. Uh, that was flung from Jane Burns' hand and cracked uh, Jane McMullen's forehead. All that happened, but so did uh, this last campaign. This last campaign happened with uh, with uh, Lori Lightfoot turning into some sort of shrew, and you know, telling the the president of of the, of the country. Take an F and an A or take an F and a U, whatever she was saying in the most vulgar terms. Nobody wants to deal with her. So she's upset. She's pouty. She stamps her feet and she wants to leave the stage. So go ahead, madam. I know we know who you are. We know what you are. And all we were discussing for the past several months was the price. That's all. Well, that's a, a a lesson for me. That's for sure. What the strip, the the, the stripper Inga? Yeah, yeah. We'll tell. We'll do, when we do, after we take Brendan Johnson to Gene and Giorgetti, 
we'll tell that story in the bar. All right. Yeah. Yes. PG, PG audience. Okay. Tom. We'll have to strap strap in for the next week. It'll, as you said, it'll certainly be interesting. There's a long way to go. Yeah, anything can happen. It is even one of those elections that is so close that you know a phrase, an event, uh, some personality, uh, and you know some people now actually design campaigns for something like that to occur. But in the past, you know, you know, you never know. You know, hey, I, this is my microphone. I paid for it. I mean, there's, there's, there's phrases all through this, this business, you know, where all of a sudden one moment you were there and next minute you were gone or next minute you weren't there. The next minute you're there. I can't take it because for so many years, I don't what 40 years, basically, I really didn't care who won. I was all, you know, I was the max mercy of uh, media. Like either you strike out four times or you hit a home run kid. You're still going to make me a good story. But this now, I see, I see the uh, future, and I'm worried about Chicago. And I'm even though I left, I mean, I'm, I'm worried about the city. I'm worried about the people that are there, and it's become personal. And so, I'm starting to lose my uh, my ability to analyze, or at least that's why I rely on Tom Serafin of Serafin and Associates to help me uh, negotiate this. Well, I, you know, I talked to a lot of folks, and I get the sense in the last few days that, that Brandon had some uh, some momentum trending in his direction. Uh, and then in the, in the last three or four days, and, you know, we're recording this on Sunday evening. Right. Um, he, he, the, the, there's a sense that, you know, there's a little bit more movement on his side of the, of the aisle right now. So, uh you know, and he needs more time. If I were Brandon, I'd want the election held tomorrow morning, sure, uh, or 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 last Friday. I mean, this weekend, I would have loved the election to have been held this weekend if I was Brandon Johnson. Giving Paul uh, Vals another week, you know, eight nine days, I'm getting the feeling that that's what he needs. And it seems to be, you know, it seems to be, you know, this horse race going down the wire. But, you know, it, you know, you know, Paul Valls is still ahead by a nose. You know, uh, there were a couple of polls that I knew about this week. The numbers came in, in the last few days, 46, 44. Uh, oh, whoa. And, uh, and they were taking a few days apart. But 40, so, so the 46 is holding, 44 is holding. Uh, and early voting that's coming out uh, from the west and south sides. You know, I think it's around 27% according to the Board of Elections. You don't hold me to that number. And they need sure. to be in the, in the mid-30s, you know, for, for, for that to be, you know, where it needs to be. So, you know, there's some tea leaves out there that both sides are they're hanging their hat on. Uh, but, you know, it's anybody's race, depending on what happens down the stretch here, you know. So, you know, those, those funny things that are happening in the neighborhoods, you know, once they, when they put <laughs> out ballots for mayor signs and then they put the Magda yeah. uh, labeled right next to it. So, you know, immediately those, you know, usually those kind of tricks, you know, we used to wait, wait till they, they wait till the last, you know, three or four days of a campaign. They're out here 12 days early. The so, Johnson campaign is like, they might as well be saying vote for Johnson before it's too late. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the reverse of uh, Bernie Epton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, they're doing the trying to do the double reverse, but people were too smart anymore. You know, people get it. 
Uh, I think people underestimate the people of Chicago. I just hope the people of Chicago get out the vote. If the people of the Chicago vote, the city's going to be fine. But they got to vote. I want to believe in the people. I just don't want, I don't want people, I want people to vote for who they think would be the best mayor. I don't want, and what scares me and concerns me, is that there might be a wave of, like, let's go vote skin color. And I don't, I don't like that for either either way. I don't like that either. Too many, too many parents, you know, of black, brown, white parents. Too many parents are are living without their kids that have been killed in street violence. I mean, it's it's really in the old days. You know, it was a little bit older guys. You know, in their twenties, thirties, forties. Right. Now it's all children, and, and you know, if we don't wake up, you know. Oh, God. We are. It's over with. These are, you know, parents should no longer have to live that way in Chicago. And I think every parent that has a child that fears that situation is going to be voting for peace. Not going to be voting for, you know, stagnation. So they're going to be voting for peace. Uh, that could not have been said any better. Mm. Tom Serafin of Serafin and Associates, my friend and uh, the best political analyst in the state, constantly on WFLD, my Fox Chicago, to discuss it. And thank you for being here on the Chicago Way with us. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, gentlemen. You have a very good week. You're a gentleman. And for Jeff Carlin, executive producer, WGN Radio, our friend, my friend. And, uh, you know, Jeff has been, uh, I'm sure you've noticed it, his opinions have gotten sharper. I don't know why. What's going on, Jeff? But I love it. <laughs> and for me, for me, John Cass, husband, father, editor in chief of John Cass News, where you get common sense journalism. Join us again, won't you, for another edition of the Chicago Way podcast on WGN Plus.